The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We're your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. Today, we are going to be answering a couple listener questions. We're going to be talking about vitrification. Yeah. And then what our favorite resources are. So like where we go when we run into shit and we need some help. It's it's actually really, I think I'd name this on a different podcast. On our podcast, but a different episode. <laughs> it's actually really annoying for me because to a certain extent, my job is to go out and find things and try and like razor them down to the simplest explanation they can be before putting them on YouTube mm-hmm. or out in the world. So like whenever I make a video, there's always someone in my comments below who are like, you could have gone way deeper. And I'm like, yeah, but 20 minutes of explaining how to make a glaze recipe is already kind of a lot for someone who's new at making a glaze recipe. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, for who, who's your audience? It's like, are you trying to do like yeah. an intro level thing? Or are you like yeah. deep in the weeds and now you need to know about the chemical formula for right. silica or I don't not that silica is that complicated. Do but. you need to know about quartz inversion or can I just tell you what bisque is? Yeah. Real quick. We should actually do like a like a little bit of like an episode one day where we're like, okay, so we know what bisque is, we know what glaze is. Let's do like a, a like deep a dive. a little bit of a deep dive. Like yeah. a like you're on the surface and now you're like five feet under the water. Like what's what's at this level? Yeah. That'd be fun to do. But it's, it's important. Another time though. Another time. Another time, another time. Okay, so let's talk about vitrification. Vitrification, if you look up the definition like on Google, it's essentially, and I'm gonna I'm gonna razor it down because I'm not big brain, right? <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people who've never heard this before are, are not as well. It's basically the process of taking any type of substance and turning it into a glass-like substance through the process of heat. And that includes pottery. Like, for example, when lightning strikes sand and that turns into glass, that sand has become vitrified. Yes. It is now glass. And it happens the same way for ceramic materials such as clay as well as glazes. Glazes technically are ceramic material, silica, sand, things of that nature. And through the process of heat, they've turned into a glass-like substance. This also happens a lot with our clay bodies. Your clay bodies, the more vitrified they are, the less porous they are, and usually the stronger they are. You want your stuff to be more vitrified. For example, you get a cone tanning clay and you you glaze it at cone, what, two? <laughs> Not fully vitrified. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, I the, I think the, the biggest thing that I want to point out, because, like, I didn't necessarily know about this when I was first getting into ceramics, is that certain clays are made to vitrify at a certain temperature. Yes. So if there's a cone... I don't know. I don't. What what is actually technically a low low fire clay body? Like what? Steve's white. Okay. So what what temper or what cone does that vitrify at? Uh, I think it's O six. You can glaze it at 06. It's technically a low fire clay. I only know about it because I'm allergic to it. I hate it so much. Oh wow. I'm okay. super allergic to Steve's white. That's crazy town. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Well, an example. So Steve's white. You can fully vitrify it at cone. 06. Let's say 06. Let's say 06 yeah. because I don't think I remember the real number. Okay, all right. Well, let's just say some some generic uh, low fire clay body might vitrify at cone 06. Right. B mix with grog or just B mix in general fully vitrifies. It's like, what is it? They say it's cone 5, cone 6. So it, it's kind of good at either one. It says 5 on the bag. Most of us take it to 6, to oh, be honest. Oh, okay, yeah. And then there's cone 10 clay. So if you, let's say for instance, you wanted to, you really liked a low fire glaze. You know, let's say you want like a really bright, bright, low fire yellow glaze, Mm. but you're working with a cone six or cone five clay body. Let's say you're working with B mix with grog. Mm. What you would need to do is fire that, let's say you're making a bowl, you would need to fire that bowl to cone six 
and then glaze it and then fire it again at that lower low fire temperature. <laughs> because if you just put a low fire glaze yeah. on a cone six B mix or yeah. cone five B mix, and then fire it to the temperature that it would need for the glaze to fully develop, that clay underneath is not fully vitrified. Right. So it's not food safe. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a mind F, but at the same time, like, I like to imagine it like this. Clay is kind of like skin. It has pores. The more it's heated up, it, it opens the pores up more. Then it cools down, it closes the pores. The more it's heated up, the more it opens and closes. You really need to make sure those pores are closed. Yes. Because you will find if, if you do not have fully vitrified clay bodies and you put, uh, let's say, liquid inside of them, it will sometimes seep through the pores of the clay body itself. Mm -hmm. Which is not only not food safe, because technically that means like any drink you put in your in your cup is now going into the pores of the clay body, probably cohabitating bacteria. That also means that your clay is like sweating, making rings on the table and whatnot. Not from, not from uh, just... Uh, uh, condensation. Yeah, not from condensation. Like it's actually coming from... It's already hot and there's a hot drink in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, there's a large ring of water underneath your foot of your cup. <laughs> yeah. Probably not fully vitrified. The yeah. way I kind of distinguish the two is that whenever I talk about glaze, I say fully matured. Mm. So like my floating blue fully mature is at like cone six. Okay. But my clay body vitrifies at cone six. Mm. fully vitrifies at cone six. Okay, so like, when you're like uh, talking on your on your videos and things like that or on yeah. Instagram, wherever, when you talk about glaze, you say matures and then right. when you say, when you talk about clay bodies, you say vitrified. Right, and, okay. and TLDR, vitrification is important and it's almost, it's basically the maturity rate of the, of the clay that it's like designed to go up to or formulated to go up to based on its chemicals it's made with. It is important because it fully closes the pores as well as make sure that nothing gets into the pores, which is kind of important because that's a lot to do with food safety. Mm -hmm. It also has to do a lot with how strong the clay body ends up being. For example, cone 10 clays are usually stronger if they are fully vitrified at cone 10 than cone 6 clay bodies, regardless of how vitrified they are. In general, it's like low fire versus mid fire range clay bodies. There's just, I... one's a little stronger. I have heard that that may not necessarily be the case, mm -hmm. but I don't have the sauce to back yeah, that up. So I'm, I'm kind of the same where like, I'm just handing down old, old school Potter info, <laughs> like what I've been told. But if a scientist came up tomorrow, I'm like, well, technically if you fire a cone five clay body to cone six, it's harder than a clay body that's cone 10 and fire to cone nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I'd be like, that makes sense, but also, I'm still gonna fire to cone 10. I like that, I like the TLDR. That was a long I appreciate walk. That. that was, that was a long walk, I'm but you sorry. know what? We, we, we actually managed that pretty quickly. Woo! So, yeah, hopefully. Record! <laughs> hopefully that answers some of your guys' questions, and if you want us to go into more technical detail about some things, just shoot us a message on any of our social media, because we, you know, like- Don't at me. Meeting you on me, at me then, I love talking at to you Lindsay. guys. At me. <laughs> Yay. The amount of times I say something here and people are like, run my Instagram DMs, I'm like, that's that's fine. But sometimes I just don't have like the energy and time for 20 conversations a day. That is why what I will, what I will often find myself doing is, well, first of all, I really, I try to take Saturday, this is a little bit of a di divergent topic, but I try and take Saturday and Sunday completely off from like answering messages. So even if I like go in and like, like other people's posts and stuff, I'll give myself a break. Really? But then also sometimes like 
it'll take me a few days to answer people's questions and I'll straight up be like, hey, I'm sorry, it took me a while to get back to you. Yeah. I am a terrible millennial and I don't always like check my messages every day. And yeah. I, and most of like, I've never had somebody be like, what? I'm so upset. Like everyone that I've ever said that to has been like, oh yeah, like no worries. Like we've all got busy lives. It's not a big deal. But cause, cause I agree. Like, I get like two or three a month. Oh, of people being like, why didn't you answer me? The fuck dude? Oh, that the, sucks. I'm, I mean, yeah, no, you're right. This is a bit divergent, but like, Every now and then people are like, hey, what you doing? Listen to your podcast and your videos. And I'm like, nothing, just working. Like, want to hang out? And I'm like, I'm, so I'm sorry. I don't want to be a dick, but I don't have time for a new friend and I can't hang out with some rando and I feel bad. I'm yeah. already kind of antisocial. I don't uh. I don't need more fr I'm sorry. Uh. I'm, I feel so bad, but like... There's, there's got to be a way to establish healthy boundaries, especially with something like social media, especially because you're so popular. Well, they take those boundaries as, I'm not that cool. They take those boundaries <laughs> as like me rejecting them. And some people don't like or can't handle rejection. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. saying no to someone who thinks they're really hot. They're like, <laughs> but I'm paying attention to you. And that's, that's money. <laughs> I wish I could film your face right now. It's glorious. <laughs> All right. So the other thing we were going to talk about today is what our favorite resources are. So like, oh. where, where do we go when we run into an issue? And I'm just going to say right off the bat, when I was like prepping for this episode, mm -hmm. I literally wrote down your name first. It was like favorite resources. Don't listen Dante. to me. Dante. <laughs> Not like I'm treating you like a purely a resource by any means, but like you're hella, you are hella informed about shit. And what? when I like, what was it? A couple weeks ago when I was having an issue with my glaze, oh, I, yeah. I like texted you. I'm like, Dante, I need some help with the glaze. I'm freaking what out, man. What did you man. do? You put salt in oh, there? Yeah. So we had a, this is a common reoccurrence in the clay world. There's a difference in between flocculent and deflocculant. Yes. Deflocculant helps things spread out, but they help them stay in suspension a tiny bit, so you have to mix them a bit more. Flocculant is anything that helps it come together, like the chemicals in your glazed body will come together. I'm dumbing it down a lot. I'm, yes. I'm letting you know that I'm not gonna go through the whole process of what it is right now. If you wanna look for it, you can, it's on digital fire. Yeah, The yeah. reason, the, so basically what happened and the reason I contacted Dante is because I added the Epsom salt to a glaze yeah. after I had mixed in water. Right. Instead of mixing the Epsom salt in with all the dry ingredients and then adding the water, I basically added yeah. the, I added the, the Epsom salt like too late basically. And it yeah. changed the viscosity of the glaze. And so my glaze was going on a lot thicker yeah. And so I called you and I was, well, I texted you first. I was like, Dante, like, do you have a sec? I knew what it was right away when you said it too. When I asked you the recipe oh, and you told yeah. me what's in the recipe. Cause I, yeah. I look at recipes that are similar to that, that tell me to put Epsom salt and like bentonite and CMC gum in there and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, well, well, I'll work around that. Well, for that particular glaze though, like I, it's not like I added more Epsom salt no. than I normally do. You just did it too late. I just did it too late. Yeah. 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 But no, they don't say that in the glaze notes, though. That's the West Up thing. Mm -hmm. When you look on, like, glazy, they don't say, like, by the way, get hot water, mix it with Epsom salt, let it dissolve in the water, and then add it to the glaze. Because mm. if you add it into the glaze with the minerals, it clumps up and then it becomes, like, a super flocculent. Well, I have not actually had that issue. So mm. what I would normally do is, so I, I mix in all the dry ingredients. Yeah. I add the Epsom salt. Then I add all the water that I need for that glaze. Okay, that's okay. And then I let it sit. What'd you do this time? I added all the dry ingredients except Epsom salt, added the water. Oh no! And then put the Epsom salt in after that. Yeah, it's gotta be all or nothing. Well, it doesn't yeah. have to be, but like. But I mean, but I, I had to adjust. Well, yeah, I had to adjust the specific yeah, the gravity. Viscosity, at least. Yeah, yeah. I all got like, up like, yeah, what's up? 
<laughs> what you need? I'm like, help me! I'm finishing a commission and I'm freaking out. But uh, took, yeah, took my left hand. I was like, what's the <laughs> right hand was busy. Right hand. Oh God! <laughs> oh. If that's ever happening, Dante, just wait. I'll wait. I'd rather not know. <laughs> I just let it go flaccid. I'm like, people. I'm. Know. If I genuinely interrupted a session, I apologize. If I was slapping cheeks, I wouldn't answer. If I'm slapping Good. my own cheeks. I answer though. Okay. All right. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, so so I'll I'll run through a couple of things that I have a couple of resources that I found really helpful. Okay. Dante, of course you, because you were incredibly knowledgeable. Not only like talking to you in person, but like I have sometimes gone on to like your YouTube channels and like watched some of your videos to be like, okay, how's Dante dealing with this particular thing? I do weird stuff too. Yeah. People like I don't think there's another specific gravity video out there. I think it's just me in the pottery world. No, I mean, Suma Cloud does it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there are people that do Hold it, up. but... Suma Cloud was on my video. Yes. Oh, oh, yes. No, <laughs> but, I mean, right, yeah. but I mean, like, she did it before... Get it, Sue! Yeah. <laughs> I think my steps for when I have run into something and I need some help, if, if I'm, like, really desperate or I need something quickly, mm. I will text either you mm. or uh, one of my former mentors at uh, the, the Sacramento City College Ceramics Department, Mimi. Mm -hmm. She's the studio technician there and she's amazing. She taught me like 90% of my like baseline of the technical side of ceramics. Mm -hmm. um, so I will like message her sometimes. But then if, if it's a more- Specific kind of- Yeah, or yeah. something that's like maybe not like I need to solve this problem in the next 48 hours. Yeah. Then I, I have a couple different resources that I go to. Can I- I, like I'll just like list out some of my favorite things and like why I like them. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Well, long walks on the beach. Long walks on the beach and puppies and kittens and cute little toe beans. And uh, supernatural fan fiction. Oh God, yes, I do. But, I know you do. But that's gonna be on the Night Peddlers episode. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> so the general like background resources that I like, so just things that I like to like to listen to like to just not like not what i'm specifically problem solving but just things that build like my baseline knowledge passive knowledge passive thank you yeah, yes passive, yes yes yeah. so there's three different podcasts that i like there's a podcast called artists helping artists okay and they haven't updated any new episodes in a while, but they're actually painters, but they talk a lot about a, the business side of the arts and they talk about it in a way that it's applicable to ceramics as well. Mm. Or if, it, if they're talking about painting, there's still enough that I can glean that applies to like my business. You said painters and I thought I immediately was like two people painting a house. Oh, ah! And like they're like we're artists. No, like I think oil. those are just painters. <laughs> they think they're just painters. No, no, no. They're they're like oil. I think they work with oils and, and acrylics. I see. But um, yeah. So so I like them. They again, they're they're primarily focused on the business side of the arts. Then there's of course Wheel Talk podcast. I do like Wheel Talk. Yes, Ryan and Becca have a lot of information between the two of them. It's they do. like. Yeah. You know what? Can I shout out to, to Ryan Hell and Becca? Yeah. Hell yeah. Because they watch my stories and God bless them. <laughs> God bless them. Yeah. Because my stories on Instagram are not even about pottery half the time. And they still watch. Like, I see their names at the bottom of the screen all oh, the time. Oh, that's awesome. How are you guys doing? Yeah, y'all are awesome. Beautiful people. It's true. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we'll we'll talk podcast for for sure. And then uh, the Potter's cast, I don't listen to as much, but I like the Potter's cast for specific episodes. Like usually what I do if I'm listening to the Potter's cast is I'll go through, I'll kind of like browse some of the episodes and see what they're talking about. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes was they had, oh my God, I'm spacing out on their names. They had three different artists. One of them was Kurt Hammerly and they were talking about different ways to sell their art. Mm -hmm. It was like selling through galleries, selling through online stores and selling through like retail and wholesale. Mm -hmm. And so that's usually what I do when I listen to the Potter's cast is I'll look for particular topics that I'm interested in. Right. So that way you're just like filtering them essentially. Yes. yes. I, I stopped listening to the Potter's cast and I don't have any specific reason. I just started listening to Wheel Talk. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's so many episodes of Wheel Talk that I'm like, like it, it's like, yeah, okay, I love this show right here, uh -huh. but this show only has like three episodes left. But this other show that my friend told me to watch has six seasons. <laughs> so it's not like I hate the other show. Yeah. It's like, I have six seasons worth of content for this other show. So I just keep listening to Wheel Talk because oh. they have such a backlog of episodes in well, comparison so, to... Well, the Potter's cast has like 300 or something like that. Potter's cast has hella episodes. I think I'm on like two. Oh my God. I just, because well, they're the only podcast, when I typed in pottery, yeah. they were the only podcast that popped up for pottery. Uh -huh. Potter's cast. So I've listened to a lot of them. Gotcha. But now that I'm like two thirds through it, I'm like, oh, eh, I'm kind of okay. good now. Okay, so you basically like went through like all the archives and you listened. Okay. I kind of burnt out on Potter's Cast. Not gonna I lie. feel that. I feel it. A little bit. It's like Star Trek. Got to season six and I was like, eh. I, I need a break. This is yeah. about relationships now, not space. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, so I don't know. So those are, those are a few of my initial ones. I've got a couple other things, but I feel like you got some shit to say. I have... So so the question specifically was like, where do proficient potters go when they, they need help? Mm -hmm. Something along those lines. And it's infuriating to go on YouTube because I <laughs> pop up most of the time. <laughs> and it actively pisses me off. That's so funny. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> There is there is one person who is less user friendly but far more technical than I am. So if you have like a scientific mind, and I don't mean that to say that you're not smart or dumb, I mean that to say that like if you're a person with a chemistry degree, you probably understand this person a lot more than you understand my channel because my channel is very craft and physical. Like I actively tell you what to do and how to do it. Yeah. There's a YouTube channel called Washington Street Studios. They have a very small amount of um, subscribers. Washington Street Studios. Studios. Also, for our listeners, I will be listing all of the things that we're talking about in the show notes. Yeah. So that if y'all need some references, you don't have to like listen, pause, type out some shit, and then anyway, carry on. I Actually, uh, episode number 21 or chapter 21 is Understanding Pottery, Thixotropy, Quartz Inversion, and Other Pottery Problems. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like 37 minutes long, but this person goes through the actual like chemical reactions and what physically happens to your pottery as far, like he did a whole episode on dunting. I didn't Whoa. know what, I had no idea what dunting <gasps> was. That's hella cool. I know. And he explained it very, very well. And he basically said like, here's the five reasons that like dunting happens. 80% of the time it's this one right here. He's super cool. Holy I shit. heavily suggest anyone who is, I don't want to say at our level, but anyone who's like an experienced potter, watch him because you'll probably know what he's talking about if you're experienced enough. 
Okay. Right? I'm more of like beginner intermediate. He's like chemistry advanced. The other one that I go to a lot to look up sources for stuff, it's a digital fire. Like when we were talking about the difference in between mm -hmm. uh, flocculation and deflocculation and what chemicals count as which one, we went to digital fire, immediately had the answer there. Yeah. Also, we I know we talked about this in our mid-year review episode, but yeah, like digital fire and glazy both are excellent resources. Oh, but yeah, anyway, sorry. Carry, I treat Glazy like a Facebook now. Oh. I wake up in the morning, I go down Glazy, and I'm like, all right, has Derek posted anything? Did J did Jake post anything? You know, yeah. I just like keep going down because there's like a group of 20 people on Glazy.org who constantly test glazes, give recipes, give notes, and <laughs> put them online for everyone to share. And like, it's it's crazy. It's insane. Huh. Any recipe that you see me have, I've either put on Glazy or I've gotten from Glazy. And I've expanded upon those recipes by putting pictures and information on there. That's the point of it. It's open source. Yeah. I'd heavily suggest you go to glazy.org. I think I'm supporting them on Patreon, yeah. Oh, cool. I, I don't know what it gives me, but I don't really care because I'd much <laughs> rather just support Glazy itself for what it does. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Those are the three that I mainly go to. Those, those three answer most of my questions. Okay. Do you want to maybe talk a little bit more about Digital Fire? Just since, I know, I mean, again, we, we talked about it a little in the mid-year review episode, but I think going going into a little bit, I don't know, just like... DigitalFire.com is is probably one of my more favorite ones. It's it's not Potter specific. It, it's more like a reference library, if that makes sense. But the reference library is mainly tied into Potter's and ceramic artwork. So for example, if I'm on the front right now, it immediately has a blog, right? Which is like its newest information. It immediately has a bunch of different clay bodies. It shows you how it melts. See, so I can show you right here. Oh, my, yeah. my favorite thing that Ooh. they do, right? My favorite thing that they do is that if you look up a specific chemical, they will fire it to a specific range and you get to see how it melts from a base. So if you look up like EPK or nephilene cyanide, it'll put it in like a little divot, like a little textile divot. Oh yeah, yeah. You see it? That's hella cool. I'm like scrolling through it now. You're good. That's hella cool. And it'll, it'll melt and it'll show you like how far it ran, the color it is, things of that nature. Now it's not a full glaze catalog like, you know, glazy is. But it more so takes things into its individual parts and then expands upon them. For example, if I put the word, I don't usually go to Digital Fire. I go to Google and then I type in Digital Fire and then the chemical name. It just yeah. takes me to the page because yeah. Digital Fire is so large that it would take me a while. If I type in Digital Fire Rutile, it'll be right there, the first page, because I've looked it up recently. <clears throat> I've been using Rutile. And if you click on Rutile, mm -hmm. it will tell you the chemical makeup of Rutile. Cool. Right, and it really and then, breaks down the chemicals for you. It talks about so much stuff. You have to be a reader though. Like, Glazy is very picture-centric. Digital Fire is literally an essay of every chemical that you could look up. And yeah. if, if you see a term and you don't know what it is, Digital Fire most likely has it, most likely has representations of it, of a couple of pictures. We'll tell you the chemical makeup of it and tell you the three different instances in which it's massively used. On, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I use it for a lot is AKA names. So, oh, AKA my God. names are yes. really important. Yes, like, yes. Some old school Potter recipes, I, I have a couple, have that chemical that I'm always looking for, the F4 Kona Feldspar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you have a recipe and you're like, oh, I don't have Kona Feldspar, I guess I'll give up on that. No, no, Digital Fire will just tell you the substitute for it, or it will tell you the AKA name. Mm -hmm. Things of that nature, like Minspar 200, I believe, is the replacement for it. 
Yeah, that was something that I was <laughs> very confused about when I was first trying to buy glaze materials yes. and like making them my own. I was like, wait, like, cause you know, I buy all my stuff from uh, Alpha Fired Arts here in Sacramento. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like they don't have such and such yes. in their glaze like library of like stuff to buy. And so I, I texted Mimi and I was like, Mimi, like, Alpha doesn't have such and such. Do you know where I can get this? And she was just like, oh no, Lindsay, like, don't worry. Such and such yeah. is also actually called such and such. Yes. I looked up the second such and such and it was on Alpha and it was great. Exactly. So. And like uh, some recipes will call for sand. Sand is just like low grade silica. <laughs> realistically. Yeah. But like old school potters or some recipes just put sand instead of silica. Um, I, saw, I saw one that said dust. One what? Time. Because technically oh dust has silica in it, but like oh, you can't pick up 200 grams of dust and nah. you know. I mean, or if you do, you just oof. That's a that's a long term project. Yeah, that's Ugh. expensive glaze. Yeah. Or like you know, one day I got this is a bit weird. One day I got real curious and I was like, I am out of iron, but I know blood has iron in it. <gasps> oh my god! So like how how much blood do I gotta put in this recipe? <sighs> To avoid driving 20 miles to the store. Oh my god, Dante. It turns out your blood's your, your blood's mostly water mm. for the majority. And it, you know, so you'd like, have to like... You'd have to really bleed out mm. for like 100 grams of iron. So what I'm hearing is that somebody needs to make a horror anime <laughs> about a serial murder potter... That's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing. Got rid of the evidence real quick. Yeah. By the way, have you seen my new red glaze? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, dude. Oh my god, that's like that whole like violin. There's some like there's some oh. store where it's like the violin was painted. And, like, the red violin. The red violin. Oh, it's legendary yes. in the art world. Yes. Yes. Oh, I oh want my it. God. It's so rare. They made yeah. a movie out of it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay, so digital fire glazy. Are there any other resources that you can think of right now? Like, are there any, like, books, any, I don't know, any other podcasts, any um, any individual people you go to? I go to Yoshio a lot. Okay. But I try and leave him alone because he's really deep into his work and I'm worried about his health a lot. Okay, and for reference... Uh, Yoshio's my master. He's my teacher. Yeah. Or the person that raised me in the ceramic art world, rather. Yeah. But, like, he will often have the simplest answers to the most complicated questions. Huh. And they're, like, it's my favorite. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? He's just, like, huh. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when I was, I was, like, where do I sieve my glaze with? Like, is there a special sieve technique? Like, what mesh do I get? What, you know, what do I, and he was, like, just get a brush. And I was, like, just a brush? He goes, yeah, those fancy doohickeys that cost $200, those, like, whatnot, and the specialized brushes. He goes, you're going to be messing up your brushes. Just get like a dollar paintbrush from Lowe's huh. and just use that or use a spoon, like use a spoon. Just don't use something that's high quality because you're going to mess it up. Just use a, he's like, use a brush. Yeah. The simplest answers huh. to like the most old school problem. That's cool. You know, it's kind of funny. This is making me like think about how, like the interesting dynamic where I feel like when people need like resources, like the both of us kind of have like mentors mm -hmm. that have helped us, but there's also you know, especially because of COVID and how many people got into ceramics during COVID without that kind of built-in community, yeah. there's an even more important reliance on non-direct interpersonal relationships, yeah. which makes me think about just like Googling things on, on, on Google or like looking things up on YouTube and stuff, but also like, like how, how things like Instagram and like the role to some degree that like, well, you for sure. And then me, like, I think to a lesser degree, like we get to kind of be a little bit of those kind of helpers for other people. I if that makes sense. I know. I know it sounds kind of like, like, I'm not like I'm no, discovering no. some big ass thing, but like, I, I for real, yeah. like, did not think of myself as someone, like, worthy of sharing my knowledge so much 
until like relatively recently when people were like reaching out and being like, hey, like the stuff you're sharing is directly helping me. Yeah, the stuff, like the thing that you, the one sentence you said solved 80% of my issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's kind of, so it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm like realizing like, oh, I'm actually helping people. This is cool. Like, yeah. And it's, it's very, it's very perception based too, because sometimes I get people who are like actual, like have chemistry degrees on my YouTube channel mm -hmm. and they're like, well, that's technically not the way it works, but if you do it that way, it works. And then I have people who know nothing about the subject who are like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you for not forcing me to read like 40 hours worth of books to get this one subject. <laughs> you just said like 10 minutes worth of information and now I can do the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You might not understand it on like a master level, but we got you where you needed to go. Yeah. It's it's weird because I see myself as like a TA in the mm, art world. I like you that. You know, like I'm not a master yeah. by my own definition, I guess. But like, I definitely could help you and save, you know, TA walks around. He's like, let me center your pot for you. Yeah, like, yeah, Let me yeah. fix your one little problem so you might be able to go forward and learn more. Like, that's how I see myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is like, oh, okay, I'm not going to teach you everything you need to know, but I definitely will help you and make you understand what you might need to know for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's one more person that I wanted to mention, and uh, Jesus. G, of course. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry that they changed you into a different color. Oh, God. I'm gonna take a brown crayon into every church and make it historically accurate. I promise. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be Okay, so actually, not Jesus, surprisingly. I know because I talk about you know Jesus all the time. I know but... we're we're a good Christian <laughs> channel, but oh boy, oh boy. So I actually wanted to stop bring up uh, Ave Rivera because her studio blogs are, in my mind, kind of like Wheel Talk podcast in the sense where Ave talks about the business side of ceramics. Really? And yeah, yeah. And I, you know, again, I haven't, I haven't watched her whole channel, but I watched some of her episodes in getting ready for the interview that we did with her. And I was like, oh shit, like this is really like, this is really helpful. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So anyway, she's another person that I just wanted to yeah. shout out. Uh, Suma Cloud is somebody else that I yeah. will absolutely want to make sure that we shout out because I think other than you, she is probably the first like person yeah. that I like, I look through her videos, like I'm subscribed to her newsletter and she's somebody that like, I'm like, okay, yeah, you, you know your shit yeah. and you describe it in a really good way. And yeah, so she, she's somebody else who is a really good resource for answering technical questions that yeah. are beyond the scope of my relatively limited knowledge. Right. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what I try and do with my YouTube channel. And I think what Sue is also good at mm -hmm. is that we, we take all this information that we've studied and then we like not to call anyone dumb, but we like dumb it down into like 10, 20 minutes worth of a video. Yeah. We give you an entire class <laughs> of information in like 20 minutes. And Sue is very good at that. Sue talks to me like I would like to talk to my subscribers. Yeah. In that like, look, you can know nothing about this subject and I will still get my point across to you. Are there any, um, are there any books that you found particularly helpful? You know, the, the books question is, is one that I always push, but I no longer believe in, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Not because I don't like reading or I don't believe in those books, but the books were more of a starter for me. And now I have a library in my studio of glaze books, all of which have been filtered through into glazy. Like all oh, the glazes that are okay. worth it to me are on in glazy and the the books that I have are just textiles with like oh here's this glaze in this base with 0.5% red iron oxide here it is with 1% oh 2 oh 2% oh yeah you know and and glazy Glazy's, I don't know. It, it's weird because the information that I really want to know is on Glazy, but the books are what got me started from my understanding of a lot of glazes. Before what? Digital Fire and Glazy, I treated the books like Digital Fire and Glazy. Okay. But now that what? I have Digital Fire and Glazy, 
What what were some of the books that you got started with? Because I know we were we were talking about John Britt's Mastering Cone Six Glazes. Yeah, I've actually I've been recently thinking like I should really get that because for me sometimes I might have whole, whole websites can be a little like overwhelming. If there's a subject that I want to get to know more about, I like starting with books because it's like okay, this is probably someone who you know like if you can get a book published, yeah, like by a publishing company. Not to say that self published books aren't like legit or anything like right. that, but if you've been if you got published by a company like there's a filtering there where I have trust that the person yeah. who wrote this book has knowledge and it's in a condensed form it's a start to finish yeah and I can read it and then feel like I've accomplished something whereas sometimes like finding information online it's like you can dig and dig and dig forever yeah it's a bit of a slippery slope because just because you have a book doesn't mean it's automatically gone through the process of being verified enough yes yes this but, is true but also you're kind of right 80% of the time I'm like well if you got a book <laughs> and it's an educational book and it's not just like propaganda, you know, then you're, you're, there's a good chance you're right. And they usually have sources in there that you can check to verify them yourself. Yeah. But that being said, I have John Britt's books, okay? I follow John Britt on YouTube. I follow John Britt on his blog, mm -hmm. right? John Britt is a huge source for glaze makers, a huge source. He has his own video about explaining like the, the trifecta of glazes, the, the Holy Trinity. And it just like... Wait, what's the holy trinity of glazes? Uh, stabilizers, glass makers, and fluxes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so all like almost all glazes are like basically clay, glass-like chemicals, and fluxes. Okay. And then everything else is like a color. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But he expl he explains it in the fact of like every glaze is kind of like a car. The stabilizer is the pedal. The car is the glass, and the flux is the gas pedal. So, so John Britt has a YouTube? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he does. Okay. Because he's so funny because, like, I, I mentioned this before we turned the recorder on, but, like, I don't really watch YouTube that much. And, frankly, I don't even listen, all things considered, I don't listen to that many, like, arts podcasts or even, like, arts and business podcasts. Like, yeah. I listen to a few, but, like, mostly I'm in the studio listening to news or, like, folklore. So, well, <laughs> you know. Well, here's, here's what you do if you're an audio person, right? You put on the video and you just... Don't look at the computer. Yeah. Like, that's what I do whenever I'm like, I would, John Britt, I don't think he has a podcast. But if I don't look at that video while it plays and I put it on loud, it's a podcast now. Oh, okay. All right. That's yeah. what it is for me. Yeah. But like, I, I live YouTube now. So I don't watch what you would consider traditional TV. It's mostly YouTube. Yeah. It's, I'm watching like John the Potter and John Britt and I'm watching like Destiny videos. Mm. That's pretty much my whole thing. I would definitely follow John Britt. So I, ha I have his books. And his books are kind of razored down to to the glazes that he likes the most and will put out into the world. And then he's constantly doing experiments mm. with his own glazes and showing them on YouTube. Oh, cool. So he'll get a row of textiles, map them out, and be like, here's lithium, lithium whatever, whatever at 1%. And here it yeah. is on 2%. Here it is on brown clay. And here it is with 1% of this dioxide in it. And, you know, he'll... Yeah. He'll show you, and there's massive... Sometimes I get whole-ass recipes from him. You stop the video, you screen cap, you're like, that's a recipe. Nice. Yeah, he will he gives information freely, and I really like following him. Just take it with a grain of salt, because if you find out later he doesn't like his pizza with cheese on it, don't come after me. <laughs> it's not pizza if it doesn't have cheese on it. Just saying. It's, I mean... It's fancy breadsticks fancy at that bread. point. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll right. fully admit it's not pizza. I hate cheese. It's okay. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> for today. Thank you for listening to The Mud Peddlers with Lindsay M. Dillon and Dante of Earth Nation. Want to say hi and see what Dante and I are working on in our studios? Check out the show notes for links to our websites and social media below. 
You can find me at lindsaymdillon.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-M as in monster, D-I-L-L-O-N.com. And on Etsy, Instagram, and Facebook at Lindsay M. Dillon. And you can find me at Earth Nation Ceramics. It's spelled exactly how you think it's spelled. But you can also find me on my Facebook fan page and Instagram at the same name at Earth Nation Ceramics. If you enjoyed hanging out with us today or you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, take a second to rate and review The Mud Peddlers in Apple Podcasts. It helps our podcast reach new listeners, and we really appreciate the feedback. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.